today I'm here with Malia Picard of Moon and Ivy. I have known Malia for, let's see, when did you, when did we start working together? In 2013. 13. So I've known her for six years. Uh, we worked together at Fort Irwin uh, for the Army. She's a military spouse and the um, founder and creator of Moon and Ivy, one of her many adventures through her career, her professional career and her adult life. And I'm excited to talk to her today because she's got such an entrepreneurial spirit. She wears many hats. She's been a stylist. She does branding, marketing. She's a mom of three beautiful children, a military spouse, a wife, and she manages it with grace, all of it. She's got a crazy life in a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. <laughs> so I'm excited to speak with her today and learn about her journey and the decisions that she has made. Gosh, were you like a teenager when you started your first business now that we call them side hustles and, you know, becoming a mom and exploring a career um, in corporate and with the military, uh, federal civilian? I mean, so much. So I cannot wait to talk to you about your story. So thank you for doing this. She's honoring me by exposing herself <laughs> to her life. And I just so appreciate it. So thank you. And welcome to the No Regrets podcast with Kate. How are you? I'm good. Really good. Good. So where are you today? Where are we talking from? Where are you today? So I'm in Colorado Springs, um, Colorado, by way of California by way of Georgia, um, and I'm originally from Hawaii. Yeah, so she's been, uh, being a military spouse, she moves around, has had to start over with her career and her businesses, and I mean, let's just talk a little bit about that. Like, let's just start from the beginning. You know, how old were you when you started your first business, and you know, how did, you know, just a high-level overview of how you got here, and how Moon and Ivy, which is What's the best way to describe Moon and Ivy? They're the most fabulous candles and <laughs> crystals and all kinds of stuff. I'll let you explain. So I started my first business, um, I believe I was 16. So um, I was partnering with my mom um, on a cleaning business. And that's where all of my business knowledge kind of just stemmed from. And I knew my dream was to become a fashion designer. And so being a little girl from Hawaii, that was going to be difficult because it's not, we don't really associate Hawaii and fashion as one. So I sort of took it upon myself to carve out a way for me to dive into the fashion industry as a stylist and then eventually as a designer. And yeah, you had your own, you designed your own clothing, but you also had an online shop. I mean, you've done yes. a lot. Yes. I. It was really just creating your own opportunity, creating my own opportunities. It was, it wasn't going to be given to me. And I think nothing in my life ever was. So that was just an obvious step to take. And then fast forward to 2017. I, I fell in love with the idea that there had to be a lot of women out there like me, who are these modern spiritual, interested in metaphysical properties. And um, I, I wanted to simplify it, but also make it something that just so many people could relate to. And it was just so attainable. And that's where Moon and Ivy was created from. Right. But you had your, um, if you are you know comfortable talking about, you kind of had your uh, brief spiritual realization that which kind of birthed Moon and Ivy, right? It is. Um, it truly, truly came from the fact that I think so many of us go through this, but I was in a really bad place just spiritually and mentally because I had exhausted, you know, myself and I was um, experiencing extreme burnout, just finding myself completely stressed out about 100% of the time, <laughs> just spreading myself too thin between family life and trying to be everything I could be, the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect corporate um, executive, the perfect sister, daughter, and when you continue to do that for so many years, you find yourself at the bottom. Um, right, because you're pleasing everybody else but yourself. You're taking care of exactly. everybody else but yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, my whole life, I never, I never, ever focused on taking care of myself. That's just not, was never my role in life. It was always to be the protector, be the provider, be the, 
be the one that everyone kind of counts on, the strong one. And so, yeah, 2017 was, it was tough for me because I was so unhappy with the results of continuously working my butt off. You know, as a, as a woman, for one, it would never, the things that I had to, you know, experience in my corporate career don't necessarily happen to men. They don't get cheated like that, the way that us women do. There and when you say cheat, and when you say cheated, you mean the salary gap, having salary to work gap. like three, four times harder than your male counterparts, the whole nine yards, Absolutely. right? Yeah, that was exactly my experience um, in the corporate world, and up until my corporate experience as an executive, I have never experienced not being able to outwork those types of issues. Like I've always been able to be the hardest worker in the room. In fact, the one that doesn't sleep the one that will work days, throughout days the night yep yep yes. throughout the night absolutely and those issues have always kind of fixed themselves because it was like well that's undeniable she's a, she's a hard worker um and so she deserves to be paid fairly she deserves to be acknowledged she ex- deserves um you know the credit but when i was experiencing the complete opposite of that it was i was basically a you know just running in circles trying to figure out how to um, solve something that necessarily wasn't my problem. You know, if this is not my problem, if, if I'm working hard and I'm doing great work, I should be paid fairly. And so if, if that belief, you know, if the company I'm with doesn't believe in that and thinks they can save a few dollars by being so outdated in, in the way that they do things, then I had to, to realize that the hard way. And sure. it, was, it was less to do with me and more to do with them. Right. And that's how we learn our greatest lessons in life, right? Yes. <laughs> and it's, I think also too, it's the universe's way of kind of pushing in the direction that you should be. And I think, I, yeah. I was too blind to see it when it was happening. I was too blind to see it six months after I started Moon and Ivy. I was, I was too blind to see it even when all my friends and my family were like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why are you, um, why are you putting yourself through all this stress? You know, if it's not necessarily gonna, it's not your end game or it's not your ultimate goal. And, you know, when I look back at it now, I definitely think it was, it has a lot to do with the fact that I was, um, I was trying to fix it. I was trying to fix it. I was trying to prove to people that like, look, just look women, if we work super hard, they will pay us fairly. And that's, you know, in my, in my case, that wasn't true. Right. And you were trying to prove something or try to put those um, inherent beliefs or whatever that it could be worked out through hard work and self-sacrifice and for what? For somebody else who, you know, a corporation that would replace you. I'm not saying that you're not, you know, you're replaceable, but very hard to replace. But I believe everybody's replaceable eventually, you know? And so, yeah, I think, and you came to realize that this isn't going to work because it's not you, you're right. And it's not just that one corporation. It's, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Just overall in the United States, the the wage gap and how women are treated. And if we were men, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't even be an issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was, you know, and I think for coming from an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial background, it was tough because I had abandoned the entrepreneurship because of family life and being a military spouse. And so I went into the corporate world with a lot of skills that, that are super useful for any corporate company. And so to feel like a little bit of failure with the abandoning entrepreneurship and then going into a corporate career and then not being able to solve that either, that that fear of like, oh my God, I'm failing again. Like, it was terrible. And that's where I kind of, you know, in honestly 2017 was, it was tough. And I never, I had reached out to a lot of people like you. And I, I, I said, hey, I, this is bad. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't feel great. Um, I'm not... I was in a deep, I not, I wouldn't say a deep depression, but a definitely a deep funk that it really had to, I really had to wake myself out of it and fix it for myself. You know, and that was where it all started. Cause fix yourself first and then we'll see where we go from there. Sure. And, and you went, you tried a conventional way and it didn't work out for you. Right. So I did. I was automatically told when I said, Hey, I'm not feeling good. Um, mental illness is something that runs in my family. And so 
I don't play around with it. I take it very seriously. If I have to acknowledge, you know, if I acknowledge that I am feeling depressed or sad or unhappy, then it's something that I like to make sure that I take care of or nip it in the bud like immediately. Yeah, so I went to, I was automatically told, get on Xanax, get on, on pills, take this drug, take this drug. Meanwhile, I am not that necessarily, you know, I love to go against the grain. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, automatically I scheduled an appointment with, through the military um, insurance, I went to my general practitioner and I was told, oh, you, you just have adjustment issues. That's what it is. You have a hard time adjusting because you move so much. And I said, okay, you're the professional. Maybe that's true. I then get sent to a, a psychiatrist and after telling my story and saying, here, this is where I'm at. And this could be this here. My childhood was pretty tough. It could be that I never really dealt with that stuff. You know, I have a really tough time. Um, I just moved to Georgia. I have no clue. I have no friends here, no family. My family is about 10,000 miles away. Um, and it's tough. After I told my story and I said, I work a lot. Um, the, I was, it was all basically wrapped up to the fact that your problem is you'd never learned to have fun. So that was kind of mind blowing for me because I thought, well, you take a, you know, somewhat healthy woman, uh, I have it all, you know, I, I, in terms of finances and just bought a beautiful house and I had all the material things and, and the answer to, you know, the help that I'm seeking was you just didn't learn how to have fun. That's your problem. So learn to be, learn to be um, grateful for what you got, uh, and you should be fine. Wow. So that <laughs> didn't really give you. That didn't really give you what you needed. So you. It didn't. It didn't. I don't know. It, you know. Do I think that that was wrong? At the time, I felt slighted, and I complained to everybody. And I thought, damn. I said, you know, I am a guarded person. I went in there, and I, you know, I, I didn't. You were vulnerable. You showed your vulnerability. Yeah. I didn't check off, you know, if there was a box for checking off, oh, this is what a depressed person looks like, it sounds like. I didn't fit that mold. But there's thousands and thousands of people that don't, and they do go in there with help, and they were probably, you know, could have been in way worse position than I was and could have taken that information and not done so well with it, you know? And so for me, it, I, it hit me hard because I knew I wasn't in a, you know, I knew I was depressed and I knew it was, it was, it was going to be tough for me. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I was, I was pissed about the, I guess, diagnosis, <laughs> but, um, that really drove me into the fact that I needed to fix it and fix it fast. And that is how I had this spiritual awakening, which really was like going back to my roots of giving your appreciation for nature, just getting back and, put my feet in the ground and on and grounding myself and meditating and being super grateful for the simplest things first so that I could get to the point of being grateful for the things that we all, you know, we all um, sort of dream up for, you know, it was a simple thing. Like, thank you so much for the sun today. Thank you uh, so much for this ability to sit here and have such a peaceful moment. And then it, evolved and I was able to kind of just really dive into things that I needed. Sure. And, and that's kind of how, well, it's not kind of, but that's how Moon and Ivy was, was born. And yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I mean, the product, I mean, um, I've worked with Malia and uh, Malia doesn't do anything half-ass. I will say that. And these candles are beautiful. They're hand poured. They are uh, they smell fabulous. She did all her own testing and research on the the uh, appropriate essential oils and the crystals, and you even do some with CBD, right? Yeah. So CBD was the first um, when I when I made the decision I wasn't going to to take any traditional drugs for depression or anxiety or my stress. I immediately started doing a ton of research um, and wanted to understand what are the what are the natural options out there for 
me. And I was immediately drawn to CBD. Keep in mind, I've never been a big fan of marijuana or um, or anything along that line for myself. I've always been around it, but I've never, it's never been beneficial for me. Um, so I started reaching out to a scientist that was working out in North Carolina. And I said, give me all the information you have about CBD because I really want to understand if this is something that will help me. And fast forward a few months, I mean, it really did wonders for me. Um, anxiety wise, it was, it was just a lifesaver because I, I had, you know, within this experience, I had understood that like I was going into work every day um, and traveling so much, just completely anxiety ridden, like just walking around completely stressed out. And that's not, that's not normal and that's not okay for you to live in. So I started taking that time to realize that CBD was really a lifesaver for me. I, I, I couldn't think high, more highly of something. Sure. And then you just you decided to infuse it with your candles. And then you started right. getting into uh, the healing properties of crystals and essential oils and, you know, cleaning the energy around you, started understanding more about the energy around you and how others, you know, we can take on uh, other people's energy, good and bad. And, you know, you started incorporating more um, healing what's the word healing tools, if you will, into yeah. your line. So you, you know, you sell little crystal packages with Sage or Palo Santo and you've developed this whole line. And within a couple years, I mean, it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I give it to the fact that it's a, it came from the most purest place. You know, I've started, like I've said, I've started a, you know, a few companies in my life and all to success. Like I've had success, but I've never had um, a company grow as quickly because I think that it just came from the purest place. Like I came from, it's from my heart. It's I'm mindful about everything we do. Super picky about um, where we source things, how we create things. Every one of our, our um, vendors are highly researched upon and we, uh, ensure that everything is just ethically and morally produced or sourced. So I think having that embedded into the, the brand really is, is the energy behind it. And that's what's made it a success. Well, I think too, because you, like you said, it came from the purest place. You weren't doing it out of to turn a profit. I mean, of course, yeah. you know, you want to turn a profit, but that you didn't start this business to make money on the side. You started it because, you know, like you said in the beginning, other people are going through the same thing and you want to give them the tools that helped you right. find a little bit of peace. I, I believe we're never finished and I'm sure you still have your challenges and it's not like one day you had a spiritual awakening and life is hunky-dory, but now we know it works. And, and I, I'm guilty of it too. We get so busy and so wrapped up in life and stress that we forget to stop and just meditate for five minutes. And really that's all it could take to change your day and, exactly. and show a little bit of gratitude. And we get caught up in that. But I, th I think people are searching for something that's got to be so big. And it's really, like you said, everything's found in the simplest things. Just it taking is. things down a notch, and and because you weren't, you didn't start Moon and Ivy for, for the money. You started it because you believed in it, and I 110% believe if that's what your intention is, is that you truly want to help somebody and you're passionate about it, the money will follow. Period. Mm -hmm. But when you are, you know, going after the money, you you start to get stressed out, and that's I think where greed and you know all that stuff comes from. It's like having more and more and more instead of being a service to others. And I think that's exactly. why you have found so much success in such a short amount of time. Extremely. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I I um, I'm so grateful. I every day I I can't believe how lucky and fortunate I've been because it was. It was like this crazy idea. You know, it was like, imagine telling a husband of 10 years that this is what I'm going to do. 
I know I'm, I'm a <laughs> I'm a director of marketing. I make really good money, but this is my dream. I want to create this candle that's going to solve most of your, your energy problems, and that's going to be my future. And I'm super fortunate. I have the most supportive friends, and my husband's super supportive of all the crazy ideas. Uh, my mother's super supportive. I, I don't have... Um, I'm just really fortunate in that sense that I have family and friends that are just like, go for it. <laughs> so it could have sounded crazy. <laughs> well, it does kind of sound crazy, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to make candles for the rest of my life. You know, when yeah. you put it, you break it down to that simple. Of course, he's yeah. going to be like, uh, okay, there's money in candles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 um, I really think that it will... I just feel so much more fulfilled and I'm so grateful for Moon and Ivy. And that's, that is the biggest takeaway take from Moon and Ivy. Right. So just high level overview, how many businesses and what businesses have you started? You start, you started with a cleaning business. I think you, you had a clothing line, you had an online store, you've had your own branding agency. You've had, like, what, how many businesses have you had throughout your <laughs> And how, and how old are you right now? Like, so you started at 16. So I'm 31 years old now. Uh-huh. Um, I started at 16. And I believe it was seven businesses total. Wow. Three of which have been sold. The, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's all over the place. It's really hard resume to put together. But yeah, I, I have to say that in my career, it's always kind of played hand in hand. Like, it, it may not make sense to, you know, the recruiter, maybe a recruiter, but in a sense, it, everything I've done has worked hand in hand so that I ultimately get to the place that I, you know, am today. It didn't happen very traditionally like this, you know, no. you just, uh, I believe you just got your degree, right? Last year, yeah. this year. I did everything. I did everything. Um, Backwards. Super unconventional. So if you do the math, I'm 31. I started business at 16. I had a son at 15. So I didn't have the best childhood. I, I mentioned that. But uh, I got pregnant, had a son at 15. And that was, there's no regret behind it. You know, there's so much, there's so much gratefulness behind that because it really made me grow up quickly. It made me get smart really quickly and it made it pushed me and that and I knew automatically that you know the life that I or the childhood I had was not the childhood my son was going to have and that's that's where I dived into books and um, trying to learn everything I possibly could about business and helped my mom launch uh, she had this dream of a cleaning business you know that was a skill that she knew how to use so I helped her build a business out of that and from there there was we made uh, a really really good living off of the cleaning business and that cleaning business helped us help my mom and myself to fund my um, fashion business so and I I've always just been so fortunate and I, it's a lot of manifestation in it and I you know it took me to 30 years old to figure out that oh I've been manifesting things my whole life <laughs> so right uh, when I, you know, when you finally put a word to it, you're like, oh, that's what I was doing. But there was so much manifestation in it. I, I've um, kind of go back to this story. It's kind of my lesson for to be relatable to my teenager is that I was working for Disney at, at the time um, as a costumer. So I helped uh, design the costumes and the looks uh, for Disney, uh, the Disney Aulani Resort in Hawaii. And... Um, a friend of mine, we're, we're just, just had finished uh, putting together some great looks. And a friend of mine asked me, he said, um, if you had one celebrity you would want to work with, who would it be this year? And I said, oh, um, Nicki Minaj. Because she had, she had fit my mold and my style of the designs that I was currently producing. And no joke, about two weeks later, I got a call from um, Nicki Minaj's team to wow. come on and help sign their or uh, design all of their, all of the apparel for their extras and the music video. So it, I mean, I try, I tell my son that's where he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, it, you know, I had envisioned it. I had it in my mind. I spoke it and um, it happened super shortly after. So 
Yeah, I think I, I've learned about my own manifestation when you, when, um, it's like twofold. If you're really attached to it and if you're attached to how it, it happens, it doesn't mm -hmm. happen like, or it, it may happen, but not as quickly, but it's when you have that inherent belief that this is what I want and this is just what's going to happen, or I'm not really thinking about it, but this is my, you know, I envision working for this person, you know, just you don't even realize you're visioning it. You're not like put, so focused on it. Like, Oh, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes a day and I got to do this every day. It's just, you put it out there, you had no attachment and you were taking the necessary steps to get that because you had a skill and you were working in the industry and you made a name for yourself. And then it just happens. I mean, I know, I mean, I can give this story about when I wanted a BMW. I mean, I was just like, that's, I know exactly what kind of car I want. I know I'm going to get it. And I didn't worry about how much, how, or why, or when. I'm just like, this is my dream car. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like I'm looking for it. My boss at the time had a broker, and they found it. And it was like, didn't even think anything out of it. But when you look back on it, it's total manifestation. And, right. you know, I love to say, my dad always said, you know, you always do what you say you're going to do. And I just, it wasn't... Uh, a question but then now as we get older we that fear is more you know relevant or uh, more ingrained in us for fear of what people are going to think you know people think you're crazy you're going to go off and start a candle business like you're going to give up your corporate job why would you do that because we want to be happy not because of what we should do Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I think if we just put it out there, let it go and it show up, however it shows up then, and just trust. And I think it's really a belief that, you know what, I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to, it's going to work out. I'm going to end up yeah. where I'm supposed to be. That's the hard part though. The, the trusting yourself, I think, you know, trusting yourself and trusting that, you know, the universe will provide, especially, you know, I, I've always been someone who provides, so it's not, it's never um, easy for someone like me to, to kind of go out on a limb without a clear plan or a clear path, but it was something that needed to be done. It just had, you know, it just had to because of, I was putting the energy out there with Moon and Ivy to be successful and to be, to do good. And so to ignore what the universe sets up for you is, it's not a good move. <laughs> you know, like keep denying it and continue to go, you know, on the opposite path. Um, it, it can't end good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just so everybody knows, so you may have started Moon and Ivy in 2017, but you still kept your corporate job, and you right. kept it until recently. So you know, you did both for a year and a half or so, a yes. year, a little over a year, and you it came to a point where you had to make a decision, right? You're making you were making good money um, in the corporate world. You had a good title, but like you spoke about earlier, you were working really hard making other people money that didn't value you or pay you what you were worth. And so the universe kind of forced you to say, you could put all that energy into your own business or you can continue to get the shaft and working you know, so hard and doing both. And so it for you who, like you said, You've always been a provider. You've always been resourceful. So to take that leap of faith of that security of that paycheck was really yeah. hard. Oh, it's it's still it's still scary because it's still fresh, you know, the, the decision. But um, I would be foolish to ignore um, the success that Moon and Ivy has had and to ignore the support that I have. So, you know, there's not, not a single friend of mine, um, including yourself, <laughs> that hasn't supported me and said, what are you doing? You need to focus on Wooden Ivy or you need to focus on what you're doing really good or really well and abandon things that are just are taking too much from you. And um, I think it was a month or two ago, but I have three young women that work for me and most of them I've really uh, taken under my wing and just mentored them as far as everything, communications, marketing and branding. It kind of it, it kind of woke me up because I saw myself in these young women and I remembered that where I was and how much I pushed myself and how they how I'm over here suffering from this you know <laughs> gender pay pay gap um, they see me being treated 
unfairly and you know my male counterpart being highly praised and doing less and I knew that I didn't want to be the example of somebody that just just succumbs to that that that's just the way it yeah. is and we can't do anything about it yeah without I, a fight yeah I I honestly it was I got to a point that it's sickened me and I thought I can't be um, someone that they look to for female empowerment, you know, and say, oh, you know, Malia is, she, Malia is, you know, so independent. And um, I, I believe in empowering women and, and then being a victim of the same thing that I, I just despise. And so I think that was just really waking me up. And I, I thought, yeah, this is, I, I have to be braver than this. You know, I, um, have you to have to do it for future generations, right? I have to. I'd rather be the woman that lost it all, <laughs> but reserve my dignity and and show show these you know younger generations that this is not okay and that we have to be bolder about the way we allow these things to go down. So, so that was really a it was really a eye opener, and I I kept seeing it, kept seeing the example that I was that I was making and I didn't want to be part of that anymore. So, yeah. So it's, you're still in a little bit of an uncomfortable space, but um, the energy that you're putting into moon and Ivy right now, it's paying off. I would imagine. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, uh, everything was, you you know, the beginning of 2019, everything was just really half to ask with moon and Ivy as far as the, the marketing that I was putting into it, because all my marketing energy was going into my corporate career. But I was still just so fortunate to see, you know, the sales were there and um, the support was there. You know, the second I shifted my energy 100% to Moon and Ivy, it, you've seen, I've seen tremendous growth in the company. I've seen tremendous support in the company. And I, I, um, like I said, I'm just so grateful. So, but it isn't easy. It's just, it's, I, I think that people, anyone that's like me, that is um, just not used to, kind of going on going out on a whim and just saying this is what I'm going to do be be not have a clear clear plan clear clear career plan anyone that's not used to that it's not easy the first time around but it's worth it definitely right they always say you know everything that you want is outside your comfort zone and if you aren't scared, your dream isn't big enough or something. <laughs> right? I think that could have been more true. I, I think that could have been more true. I think for, you know, I have I have three kids now. You know, when I started my businesses when I was younger and I had one son, you know, one mouth to feed. And now I have three. Um, and and it, it, it's scary to think of like, oh, my, you know, what if I can't make, you know, make enough to pay this bill or what if I can make enough, you know, God forbid if it got so bad that I couldn't, you know, provide for my, my children. But I, yeah, I, you just have to push yourself out there and I have to learn to count on the people around me a little more. You know, I'm fortunate to have a husband that can provide. (laughs) And so those, those fears are, are um, unwarranted. They're not, they're not real. You know, they're, those things won't happen because I have a partner or, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes <laughs> sense completely. So when you were growing up and doing all these businesses and having children, did you think life would turn out this way? Did you have a, a vision of what life would be like? Or do you believe, and do you believe that, I mean, clearly your life's been very meandering, but when you look back, it all makes sense. But when you were younger, did you have an idea of what life would be like? I always thought I would grow up to own a massive company. Like I always saw myself when I was a little girl, I mean, probably my daughter's age, I always thought I would be CEO, a business owner. Like I saw myself running a company that did did good, like did good for the community, did good for uh, people. You know, I, I wasn't one of those 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 terrible companies that just take, take, take and just are so greedy. I'm always, I always saw myself there, but I think life has a way of taking you off that path. And I think I was always on that path. And I, uh, um, somewhere along that line, I started to doubt myself and I became a victim to other people's expectations. And so 
I just gave in, you know, I abandoned my dream along the way and said, let me go get a corporate job. <laughs> let me go get a job. Um, and that's the secure way of doing it, right? Just going into the office, clocking in, clocking out and, you know. Well, that. I mean, I would, yes. I mean, on the surface, but I think too, is it really that secure? Because when they're done with you, they'll spit you out and, you know, eat you up and spit you out if they so see fit or if they downsize or, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that a lot of companies do that, but that's I mean, the truth, though. I mean, I got laid that's off for from a government job that you're supposed to, you know, be secure and always, you know, take an act of Congress to get out. Yeah. But I was laid off and, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, but it was downright retaliation on paper. It doesn't look that way. Uh, you know, if they want to get rid of you, they will. <laughs> no, and it's true. You I know? think that's, that's the the kind of, I don't want to say lie, but the lie we've all been fed that go this route, become somebody's employee, and that's your sense of security that you're looking for. That's that's the route you're supposed to take. And I didn't, I gave into that. I, I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. I love security. I'm going to go, I'm going to go that way. That's the, um, that's the smart girl way to go. Just go that way, you know, just take a job, you know, work for somebody, you know, you always get a paycheck because entrepreneurship is not, it's a whole bunch of unknowns, you know, that your whole goal is to work hard and to get to the position that you're bringing in a steady paycheck, but you might at the beginning in the startup stage, you might not make a dime, but you have put in hours and hours of work. So entrepreneurship is like, it's not for the, for anyone that is looking for the sense of security that a full-time job position gives you but but yeah just getting i i lost my way along you know by taking going into the corporate world i learned a lot i learned a lot about what i can handle and what i can do i know i can work a lot <laughs> i can work really hard but i don't i think that took me off my path and i think i'm back on the path that i was supposed to get on or be on that's wonderful. And, and you could still be that CEO. You could be, you know, it's still too early. You don't know what uh, Moon and Ivy is going to morph into. And, you you know, you kind of are already the CEO anyways. It's just, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just oh, on a smaller scale. I'm so. just working on uh, manifesting the, I what I realized now is a clarity in my dreams or my vision for myself was never to be a CEO of somebody else's company. My vision is to be a CEO of you know, my own company and that I, I want to build a brand that empowers women and build a brand that is, is mindful of everyone around them. And no more of these greedy corporations, um, we're all tired of it. Right. Um, so when you say, you know, the expectation, the expectations of everyone around you, is that just close family members or would you also say like society and the world we live in and all that good stuff? Who? Oh, we're women so we have we have a lot more expectations on us than men do so just society alone we're supposed to enjoy being stay-at-home mothers we're supposed to enjoy being submissive to our husbands we're so you know there's so much on us we're not supposed to be uh you know breadwinners or earners or um, all of those things they don't fit into the mold and if you are those if you are that type of woman you're going to have you're going to have a rougher time than some of us. Am I am I saying that any of those things are bad? No, I think that I admire women because we can be so many things. We can be the nurturing mother. We can be the breadwinner. We can be the strongest person in the room and the most sensitive. It's that's the beauty of women, you know. And so I think the society there were so many expectations for me, and I was trying to fit into that mold and. Just those beliefs that, you know, you inherit as, uh, through life. There was my family, there's expectations. Um, and now, you know, you get to a place that you're like, you have to just abandon it all. Because you'll find, you'll find yourself where I was at the bottom of uh, the, the bucket, just like completely drained and exhausted and depressed because you're, you can't figure out why you can't fix it. And it's mainly because you're not living to be happy or living to... You're living to please a whole bunch of other people. Everybody but yourself. But yourself. Yeah, and we don't give our ourselves any time. So I, you know, no. I, I mentioned in my book, it, just like the airlines, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you try to help others. And we deplete ourselves so much that there's nothing left. 
And I, I think it takes people that to that point of being sick and, you know, being sick and tired of being sick and tired to actually say, I can't do this anymore and admit that, you know, this isn't working and, and then going against the grain and, and having to deal with, you know, what your family says and what your friends say. And, you know, they think, you know, you're crazy and that's a whole other thing that we have to deal with. And I, and it doesn't have to be women. I mean, uh, I think men will probably pursue their dreams a little bit more than women right now but it's hard to go against the grain and say you know what I'm gonna pack my shit and I'm gonna travel the world and people look like you're look at you like you have three heads or uh... and it's so sad that we have to say we have to think that through and say oh well you know so-and-so might think this or right my mom wouldn't approve of that or my you know my sister wouldn't approve of that or my husband we we should be cheering each other on as, as humans as we would want to be cheered on. So if, if you know, if your friend or your family member is saying, I want to go travel the world, I, I got debt, I got, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what job I'm going to have, but, you know, to fill my cup or to feed my soul, I think I need to, I think I need to get out of here. I think I need to travel. I think I need to see things, eat, pray, love type of experience. We should be supportive of that. If your friend or family wants to start a business and, it doesn't seem so <laughs> right. And I think it's just, you know, sometimes in that moment, we feel that that's what we may need, but not until we do it, do we know that, okay, maybe this isn't what I needed. I'm the total belief. Never wonder what if, Don't you know what I mean? Don't think, oh, it's a crazy idea. People are going to, I'm not going to go traveling. And then 20 years later, you're like, man, how would my life be so different? If I had done this or I had done that, sometimes we need to make mistakes. No, we always need to make mistakes. We have to, we have to make mistakes to say, okay, well, this wasn't the best idea. So we're going to adjust course and okay. But we know, we know now we have that knowledge right. to say, okay, that's not for me. And I think we should all try to do those things. If you want to do something crazy, just do it and see if it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. But you're right. I think more people need to be supportive of those dreams and not be like, well, you're lesser of a person or a failure because you don't have a good corporate job or whatever. Right. You don't, you don't have the, you know, the typical uh, family life. You don't have this, you don't have eat. We don't need to worry about what is, you know, quote unquote normal. We don't need to worry about, fitting any molds it's 2019 it's not it hasn't worked up to this point and it's not going to work moving forward we have to abandon expectations and we have to abandon um these limiting beliefs that we all inherit exactly (laughs) yeah exactly you're absolutely right and i think oftentimes why do people care so much about what we do it's not their life they're not paying our bills I mean, we all get wrapped up in it. I get wrapped up in it too and caring about what other people think and stuff. But like, why? Why are we allowing these people or why do these people even care? Oh, you shouldn't do that. Or you should be worrying about this. They're not paying your bills and they're not, you know, are they going to be there when shit hits the fan? Or I think, and the answer to that is people just projecting their own fears because they don't have they don't have the courage to take a leap of faith like that and pursue their dream. And so they project their fears onto you, onto others. And then I think too, that they're a little envious and angry because they don't have the courage to do it. I am. I struggle with uh, what people think. I, I, my whole life was, you know, Oh, Oh my God, you know, my sister thinks this of me or my mother is probably going to say this or this person is going to think this of me or my friend might might uh, say this behind my back. And I was so fearful and lived my most of my life just based off of trying to avoid not living according to what everybody thought I should be doing or how I should be doing things. And that was really, it was really, it's exhausting. And I could never understand that train of thought because I can honestly say, you know, my faith, I live by my favorite uh, or my life philosophy is the fact that I just stay in my own lane. You know, I keep, I stay focused with things that are in my lane, things that matter most to me, my family, my kids, my career. And that's, and if you are not in that, 
in that lane or you're not in that that level of things that I that matter and help me get to the next step then you're in over there and I'm not focused on that so like I so you know you won't get a lot of um this is what you should do type of uh recommendations for me or unless you're asked right right I'm not I'm not someone that's very um opinionated on other people's lives because I I think in this the struggle of life is just we're all trying to just be happy we're just give everybody a break. It's so hard out there and we should all be so supportive and we should be just focused on what you're doing and focus on making your life great. And honestly, everything else will fall into place. Absolutely. I couldn't agree and more. You can't be focused on what so-and-so is doing and that, you know, like over there, just focus, look straight ahead. And, you know, as your, your friends and family need you, they'll come in and it'll, it'll be important, important, but I just don't want to ever be that person that, Malia said this, and that prevented me from moving forward. Or Malia, or you know what I mean? I just want to be the the supportive person in people's life, the person that I needed uh, most of my life, I guess I should say. Yeah, so. it's it, you're absolutely right about just uh, focus on yourself, worry about your own happiness, and everything will fall into place because you're the only person that you can control. Trying to control those around you and telling people they should be this way and that way. Like you can't, you can't control other people. The only thing you control is yourself and your reaction to the circumstances around you and how you choose to react is based on a number of things. And you know, those things can change if you heal your patterns and your traumas and all that good stuff. So you can't control anybody else. Uh, You know, I think uh, a lot of people, I I don't want to speak that general, but people look externally outside of them, you know, the outside of themselves to be like, well, if this person just did that, and if this person did this, then I would be happy. Well, no, you need to take responsibility for your happiness. And I know for me, I really try to stay in my own lane. I, I try. I, I'm not always successful. No, you do, you do do a good job of that. I try. Or you're also a friend that everybody goes to for it. <laughs> right, but I mean, I, I, it's taken me a long, hard road to learn that because I was that person, and I probably still am to this day, but not as much as you should be doing this, and why aren't you doing that, and you should be doing this, and that's the right thing. And then, you know, over the lessons of my life, I'm like, who the fuck am I to be right. saying, you know, what's good for somebody else? And then, you know, I certainly don't like it for me, and... Uh, it's hard because you think you know what's right and what works for you, but we're all so unique and so we're individuals and not what works for me is going to work for you. My circumstances are completely different than your circumstances. I can, you know, we can talk it through and say, this is what's helped me and maybe I can suggest this, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have to just not worry about life would go on without me, period, (laughs) you know, and uh, you know, uh, I think the uh, the only time it may be appropriate if somebody's being completely destructive and you're like, whoa, what are you doing? Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of shit's not my business. <laughs> it's not with, my business. You know, with destructive behaviors, because um, I have a lot of experience with that, but when people that you love are in these like terrible patterns of self-destruction or addiction or mental health issues i i think what i take away from a lot of it is we're so quick to for someone like me i'm so quick to go in how do i fix it my way how do i fix it my way oh, right and yep. the way that i'm supposed to according to you know what i've learned whatever read uh what i've experienced but now what i you know i look back at things and i i think how helpful would it have been to have been supportive in the sense that i say what do you need or how can I help instead of imposing my beliefs on what that person's life should look like and feel like, you know, assuming things are, you know, we never know. We're so, we're so complex as humans and it's, um, it's never going to be figured out, but I think that it's tough and we need to make sure we go into it with more of a, you tell me how I can help and how can I be supportive, you know, to get you to a better place. And if, if, you know, that doesn't work, we can't take on the feeling of, well, they're not doing it the way that I, you know, I think they should do it, <laughs> you know, or we can't take on the belief that it's all helpless. And it, it's tough. 
it's a tough it's a tough way to go into it because pridefully we all want to be like I can go in there and I can fix it right this person's gonna stop right Right. yeah 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 yeah. no I I totally fall into that trap to this day and you are absolutely right you said it so beautifully we need to look at like what do you need you know, what can I, what do you need? Because what I would need in this situation is completely different than what you would need. And I think if we ask that instead of just trying to fix it without, you know, maybe that person doesn't want any help either. Maybe they right. want to figure it on their, they maybe not even want any help just because you think it's wrong. Doesn't mean that it's wrong. And that's, right. that's been a very hard pill for me to swallow. And, uh, I really work at being mindful about that and not doing that. And I'm sure I slip. I'm not. Um, But it's a lesson. And it's how we were brought up because we want to, the the beliefs or the, you know, the way we grew up, we had no control of the things around us. So now that we are adults, we're trying to control the things around us because we had no control. And it's, and we can't have control. We can only have our control of our own selves and our own beings and, to work on ourselves and how we react and how we respond and how we are towards other people. And I'm just super, I, like you said, try to stay in our own lane and focus on my own happiness. And I know people don't like it when I'm like, I say no, (laughs) you know, you say no because, or, uh, uh, you know, you're not meeting their expectations, but you got to do what's best for you because they're not looking out for you. I don't care who they are. They're not looking out for you. No, that's that's the thing where where the mo we could be the most giving, but the most selfish. You know, like to say in the same breath. And so you have I learned that it could be yours. Like for me, it could be my spouse of ten years. It could be my own children, and you know, nobody around me knew last year that I was depressed until I said, <laughs> I said, guys. I'm depressed. I'm going to the doctors because I'm not, you know, this is not good. And even then it was like not, nobody got it. And you just, it just, it just speaks to the fact that you have to make sure that you take care of yourself, you know, and you stay focused on what you need. Um, and even as like mothers, we, everything is about our kids. You know what? We focus so heavily on their well being and their needs and their happiness that if you don't, you think you're a bad mother. You think, oh, I'm, you know, what do you know? Like, what are you doing? And it's just unfortunate that moms just get lost in that mix. And so it it, it was just a eye. It was a big eye opener last year because you know you can have all these people around you and still be and not be noticed. Oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, a family is huge. You're taking care of a spouse and three children. And they're like, wait, where's mom going? You know, like mom's <laughs> taking care of everything. Well, like we don't want that to go away. Right. And then you, you need help. And then you're like, now you're going to set some boundaries and say, and they're healthy boundaries. I'm not saying you're being a bitch or, you know, it's all about me, 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 but you do need boundaries. And then they don't, this is all new to them. I'm sure they've had a time adjusting to mom, not being around as much, you know, I, taking care of herself a little bit as well yeah i think for our family the the if i i think for me it was if i really love my family and i really want what's best for them then i can't keep walking around this stressed out like who wants to be around somebody like that you know i can't be you know unhappy 80 percent of the day and then you know i'm happy you know by the time i unwind the kids are already going to bed like i I don't want to be that mother. I don't want to be that spouse. And so that was like, I think even now they're just uncovering. They're like, Oh, this is what happy mom's like. <laughs> right. Because they're so used yeah. to the, they don't know that you're unhappy. Yeah. You know, not always on the phone, always on the computer. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that that, that was the reality. Like that's, a, that's terrible to think um, I had let myself get to that place and I don't, you know, it's definitely something I'm so glad I got to fix when my kids are so young. Um, but yeah, I, you can see that you can see like, Whoa, she's not on her phone. <laughs> it's like, wow, my mom watches TV. That's cool. <laughs> like, right. I can see normal mom. <laughs> right. And, and I think you said it spot on. You said, you know, the best thing we can do for our family is to find our own happiness and our own peace. Really. 
It's not about doing something or provide, you know, it's not about giving and cooking and cleaning and doing all those things. It's about being happy with ourselves and in our own skin. And then you project that out because the opposite is true as well. If you're all stressed out all the time and worried and all that stuff, people can feel that. They may not consciously know what they're feeling, but they know it just, it doesn't feel good. And so, you know, they didn't know, your kids didn't know any different, but now that they see the other side, they're like, okay, yeah, that's what mom needs. I like, right. you know. Right. I think every, I think everyone, I, I'm happy to see my, I feel um, more myself these last few months because I, I, um, yeah, I, you know, when I look back, I'm like, it was definitely a bout of workaholism. You know, it's a real thing. I'm still trying to figure out how to, like, what a, like, a normal eight-hour workday looks like. <laughs> you know, like, this is how you stop yourself at this time and go enjoy the rest of your day and not feel like you have to just plug away um, all day, all day and night. Are there days that I have to, you know, work crazy hours? Of course. But, like, the giving myself time to kind of recover from that stress and, and that workload that I was always under, it's... it's definitely added so much value. Oh, sure. I mean, I've read so many articles now that it's not always about the grind, right? I mean, yeah, you want to be, you have to work hard and, you know, towards your business and stuff, but rest and uh, joy and happiness and fun and playtime are just as important as that grind. And yeah, there is a balance, but you have to give yourself that because you just burn out. And... Well, yeah, and I looked at it when, you know, when I left my job, I had um, over 300 hours of vacation time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that I racked up in three years. <laughs> so uh, that really put it into perspective for me that I said, oh, my God, like, <laughs> like, that's how much you, you, um, I restricted myself or like, I just, you know, didn't allow myself to enjoy life that look at, you know, look at the result. So, yeah, it, I... It's it was scary to make that step, but it's not each day I'm like uncovering all these like blessings that I'm like reaping because of the fact that I took that that leap of faith. So, yeah, I I don't think I will regret I, I will regret wasting time doubting myself, um, in a, you know, and kind of being that corporate guinea pig. But I'm I I don't think I'll, I will regret being brave and and going for my dream again. Even at 31, even if it feels like, well, you had your chance. <laughs> and you're not even that old, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think it, it's, it's, it's still scary, you know, starting a business in a new state. I'm in a completely new state um, or trying to run Moon and Ivy out of a new state. And with the potential of knowing the Army and the amount of times we've moved, we can move at any time. So that's, that's always scary. You just have to work past it. Sure. So what is your definition of no regrets? I think it's living life to, um, to the fullest, putting your happiness first and um, everything else will come into place. You can't be regretful if you had put yourself first and made sure that you, you made every decision for your own good. Sure. Yeah. So in addition to regretting, uh, doubting yourself, do you have any other regrets? I don't. I don't. I, I honestly, the only regret I, that is the only regret that I can look back and be say, why did you do? You know, why did you do that to yourself? You, you should have believed in yourself more. And the rest of it, I mean, was everything perfect along the way? You know, up until now, no. You know, there's been a lot of hard times and good times and just, just so many blessings. And I think that there's no way I could look back and go regret anything along the way. Great. And uh, what are you grateful for? I'm really grateful for just my ability to to take this time to be with my family and be happy. Not everybody gets this chance to be to look at their their life and just be like, wow, <laughs> wow, this is this is great. You got three beautiful kids. Two of them weren't even supposed to be here because I, you know, I've always had trouble having um, getting pregnant and so it's just the fact that I get to have a family I get to have um, a career that I that I love and um, friends that I love and 
That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Well, Malia is has kindly is donated um, a giveaway for this episode. If you leave a review on iTunes, a winner will be selected, and she'll ship you out. What are you um, giving away today, Malia? Um, your choice of a crystal candle and a gua sha um, jade roller set. Oh wow! What does that con- uh, contain? So my that- beauty favorite this um, year has been gua sha tools. So our jade, um, our jade gua sha tool sets include a jade roller and a gua sha, a jade gua sha board. If you just Google gua sha, you'll see a plethora of information about how amazing this natural skincare routine uh, can be for you. So it's great. Well, thank you. And what's your website? It's moonandivy.com. So and is spelled out? Yes. Okay. And you can find her on Instagram at uh, moonxivy? Yeah. And well, Malia, thank you so much for the giveaway and thank you so much for your time and your openness. And (laughs) I know that um, interviews aren't your favorite. So I thank you for honoring me with your time today. And uh, I love you. And so thank you so much. Thanks. You're You're welcome. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.